the Blaze Radio Network. On demand. This is the news. And why, 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 why it matters. Hey, I'm Sarah Gonzalez. Welcome to the news and why it matters. Oh my gosh, it really is Sarah Gonzalez. Sarah I love your show. <laughs> I listen to it on podcast every day. Do I you? love it. Oh, yes. Well, they pay thank me you. to listen to it. Oh. I have to sit here through it, but I do listen. And it's Friday and you're here. It's Friday yes. and I'm here. We're nice. so excited. It's Although, yeah, we um, Steve unfortunately couldn't join us. I know I we know. we Oh, I got to catch that, a plane. So sorry. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but Glenn, what's your top story? Top story. I think the most interesting story and the one that could have global ramifications is this bizarre story out of uh, Turkey and Saudi Arabia. Uh, it's a weird media quirk I think we have, which is we get in these cultural flashpoints and then we never kind of examine what happened with them. I've got one for you today. Ooh. You mean there's something that happens in the news cycle and then everyone forgets about it? Yeah, and then like no the one... next day after they destroy right. something. Yes, yeah. 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 Okay. Great one like that today. Yeah, just yeah. checking, Jason. I'm right along with the boss man. I think it's the same exact story, the Saudi journalist. Um, but my Pot perspective, kisser. I guess, <laughs> but how my angle is probably from just the way the the differences in the way the media is covering it, how they've been covering this guy for the past like decade versus how they're covering it now, and I don't expect them to go do any further digging on it. No. Uh, before we get into all of that, I want to thank our sponsor, My Patriot Supply. We were just talking about, uh, you know, fallout shelters. Bob and, shelters. Yes, and just what, what we would do, what would happen uh, in the event that there was some we, sort of emergency. We actually live in a, in a part of the country where um, you don't have a, you don't have a, bomb shelter for doomsday. You have it because of tornadoes. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, we don't have one at our house. And it's it's really, they can, I don't know how people grew up here with tornadoes and weren't freaked, don't freak out all the time. Yeah. Um, but it's, I mean, it's really something that you need to worry about here. Just like in Florida, you've got to worry about, you know, hurricanes. hurricanes. Yes, exactly. Hurricanes. Uh, so here, you build your fallout shelter, you build your uh, your tornado shelter, and you need to get some food to go along with it, right? Because you don't know how long you're going to be trapped in that place. Yeah, I know. You'd be hour. trapped for an hour or so, and I need Doritos, I need salsa, <laughs> I need all kinds of queso, I need a microwave oven to heat it up with. I mean, it's crazy. I don't, I don't, we're not going to, no, no, it's the, no it's not, not it. Not a microwave. Oh, okay. no, all right. Sorry. All right. Uh, but it is my Patriot Supply. They've got breakfast, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, uh, and they've got, what is it, a 25-year shelf life? Yeah, yeah, this is two weeks emergency food supply. I mean, think about taking your kids out to my wife. We go out with my kids every Saturday to have breakfast. And my family is growing with grandkids and everything else. My wife told me how much it was every weekend. And I'm like, what? We are having cereal here at the house. <laughs> 75 bucks for two weeks of food, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, only at my Patriot Supply right now. I think it ends this week. And it's preparewithnews.com. That is preparewithnews.com. 25-year shelf life. Yeah. Stu and I tried to stockpile Taco Bell, and it didn't work out. That <laughs> if you're, if you're <laughs> stuck in Only your shelter you'll for... Only because eat it. <laughs> Not even a 25-minute stock. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. So the uh, the journalist. So let me, let, let me tell the story and then uh, let Jason tell the, the yes. media spin yes. on it because it's... Such a story. It is an amazing story. It is the story Grace Kelly and Jimmy Stewart tell in Rear Window. Uh, if you've ever huh. seen that, yeah. uh, nobody believed them because it was too horrific to, of an idea. So here's this Washington Post journalist that everybody loves. More on that in a second. <laughs> uh, that everybody loves. He's a Saudi citizen. 
Uh, he supposedly was friends with the prince, the new prince, the guy who's, you know, the mover and shaker, and he's liberating the Middle East. Um, more on that in a second as well. Used to be friends, then became a critic, then left, has in, in self-imposed exile, uh, and then starts writing things about Saudi Arabia and the prince and everything else. So he's in Istanbul, Khashoggi, and the reporter, and he has to go and get a, uh, the paperwork from his divorce in Saudi Arabia. He has to get the paperwork, and, and his fiance is in the car with him, and he says, you wait in the car, I'm going to go to the embassy here in, uh, in uh, Istanbul, and I'm going to get that paperwork, I'll be right back out, wait for me. So she waits, and 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 no Khashoggi coming out. She phones him, no answer, no answer, hour after hour after hour. Finally, she puts out an alert. The Washington Post gets involved and says, Saudi Arabia, where, where is he? Oh, he left hours ago. Did he? CCTV cameras show him going in, shows no one coming out. They claim, we don't know what happened to him. The next day, we find out that... Um, at the same time that he went in, about an hour later, there was the prince's jet that landed in Istanbul. It's a, it's a Gulfstream private jet, and a bunch of guys get off with a bunch of what appear to be empty suitcases on the way to the... How do they appear to be empty suitcases? That okay. Well, it, it was a lot of luggage. Lot of luggage. They, they okay. were carrying yeah, a bunch of luggage. A lot of luggage yeah. didn't appear to be heavy. Right, okay. okay. We don't know. They could have just been like super strong. Maybe. So. Okay. So they loaded in the car, but on the way to the embassy, they decide they need to stop and buy extra luggage. You gotta have more luggage. Yeah. You gotta have more luggage. You never have enough. Right. Really. So they stop and they buy a bunch of extra luggage. We know that's empty. Um, oh, they, they have to make one more stop uh, to buy a bone saw. Well, mm -hmm. naturally. Yes. Bone, bone saw depot? That's the best yeah. place. <laughs> I mean, I don't even know where you buy yeah. one. I don't even know where you buy one. Every but, trip I take, I have to. Yeah, to sure. You got saw. a suitcase. Honey, did you get the suitcase and the bone saw? <laughs> so they, they How get... many times do I have to tell you to get the bone saw? <laughs> I know. So they have the video of them getting out, going into the embassy with the luggage and the bone saw. And they go in. They're in there for about an hour. You know, just chatting it up, packing luggage, you know, <laughs> mm -hmm. packing, I don't, I don't know, meat, maybe, maybe <laughs> meat of some sort. Yes. <laughs> and uh, so they leave now with really heavy luggage <laughs> and they go right back to the airport, put the heavy luggage onto the uh, airplane and fly away. Now, at the same time that this is released and we have the footage of them doing this, uh, at the same time, the United States of America comes out and says, oh, by the way, we have a, a coded intercept that we got with the prince and the ambassador trying to lure him into the embassy. Okay, So the first thing we know is our CIA or, or somebody is releasing that, oh, yeah, they were after him. And that's not a good sign. Then today... Turkey comes out, and I don't know if I believe this because Turkey is a bad player, but Turkey comes out and says, we have equipment in the Saudi embassy, and we have on tape, apparently video and audio, of him being questioned, then tortured, then horribly killed. Wow. 
Saudis say, this is nuts. We're, we're out on every golf course with O.J. Simpson looking for this poor man. We don't know where he is. This is really important for several reasons. Saudi Arabia is supposedly an ally of ours. We are selling a mass amount, a mass amount of arms about to be sold from us to Saudi Arabia. Should not go. Um, and we are coming out uh, kind of on the side of what appears to me at least to be at this point the truth of, hey, this is the stuff we have. We're not taking a stand one way or another, but it does seem that we are willing to say, yeah, something weird's going on. Now, you tell the rest of the story, Jason. So, wow, so much to unpack here. For, for one... <laughs> but I'm bum I think that there is... <laughs> Uh, I think it's I think it's very crazy, not crazy, but it's interesting that I mean Trump was just in the Middle East and in the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia not too long ago, and supposedly asking them for a lot, and that's when he secured that you know over hundred billion dollar deal that apparently I think uh, Jared Kushner helped to like seal that deal, but uh, that was when I don't want to call it a reproachment, but that's when you know right when before we started we we got rid of the Iran nuclear deal that was kind of our you know getting a little bit closer to them saying sorry about you know the last mm -hmm. eight years we do care about you guys and we don't care about Iran um, <clears throat> so that deal is still kind of like stuck out there but it's really interesting that as we're trying to get close to them that our own intelligence uh, agencies are saying yes or we're basically helping the, t the Turkish narrative on yeah. this um, which is very confusing we're helping in a proxy war in Yemen yeah, with Saudi Arabia. Saudi Arabia. Yeah, and the rest of the and uh, of the Gulf yeah. nations. But by the way, the rest of the Gulf nations have backed Saudi Arabia, of course, mm -hmm. um, right now. But the, the rest of the the Gulf nations are bitterly opposed to the Muslim Brotherhood. Bitterly, bitterly opposed. Why is that? So the Muslim Brotherhood, uh, they're they're all about political Islam. So they want to use democracy. They don't care. They don't give a crap about democracy. So they're Islamists. They're Islamists, uh, and they want to create a. Caliphate. Huh. Okay. All right. <laughs> Never heard that. Okay. I feel like I've heard it from someone. <laughs> I know. Um, but so they're, they're Islamists. So they're, they're very bad guys. But it just so happens to, and, and this is something I didn't mention on radio. We were talking about this on radio. But I actually believe that the reason why we're, uh, our intelligence services are backing this and releasing this is because I actually think that Khashoggi was a U.S. asset at this point. He was living in the United States. Um, he's got a, a, a history that goes back to the 1980s, 1990s of actually being employed by the, uh, the Saudis to uh, make connections with uh, al-Qaeda and Osama bin Laden. So this guy... He, if, if there's dirty laundry, well, not if, he knows all the dirty laundry between the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia, the government, and al-Qaeda, Osama bin Laden. He knows it all. And the Saudis know that. So when this, when this journalist came to the United States and became a resident and was living here, they were like, oh my gosh, what is this guy saying while he's over there? So that's one thing. I actually think he was, one of, I think he was an asset of ours, and I think we were using him. Which would, we would not find out in the public, at least at this point, that we, something that we all know, the Saudis were involved with 9-11. Right. Yeah. Um, and also, and this is where this is where I was hitting at before is that um, the, the media for, for ever since I think like 2000, 2011 or whatever, they've basically gone all in on the Muslim Brotherhood. They're like, oh yeah, they're great. You know, no, they're not bad. They're they're well, largely secular. They're largely sexy. They're, they're all they're all about you know democracy. That's what they're all about. The Arab Spring is a good thing. Well, this guy, Khashoggi, he wanted to make a Muslim Brotherhood party in Saudi Arabia. He was one of the main uh, opposition groups. I mean, they hated this guy. So basically, he wanted to take the Saudi out of Saudi Arabia. So where is the story go? Where do you get the part of the story where he was good friends with the prince, and then it just kind of all went bad? 
Yeah, I don't. I don't know where that even came from because uh, he unless they're unless they're equi- uh, equating how he was uh, helpful to them back in the '80s and '90s when they were all trying to distance themselves from uh, from Osama bin Laden okay. and how they were trying to explore that. Maybe that's what they mean. So here's the real problem with this story: we are once again in the position of this guy was probably a bad guy. Our press will not recognize him as a bad guy because they don't see the problem with the Muslim Brotherhood nor the caliphate, Um, and so they won't recognize him as a bad guy. We may have had relationship with a bad guy who had kind of started to turn information over to us, which is always dicey, and we're now in the position of we're arming a state and involved in a proxy war with a state that is 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 not in lockstep with any kind of human rights that we understand. A mafia state. That's yes. basically what the kingdom of Saudi Arabia, it's a mafia state. Like, but that, again, that's why everyone's been saying, this guy's great. You know, the new crown prince. You know, he's, he's doing all these liberal, you know, like progressive things. Women can drive now. You know, all, all this stuff. He's going to take them into the next, into the, um, into the next level. No, he, he, the only reason he's doing that things, doing those things, is because he fears social unrest. So he's doing this thing for the appearance, but at the same time, he, people are disappearing in mass in Saudi Arabia. Well, let me say, let me give you another p- perspective on that. He is a mafia state. He's a mafioso because that's the only way you can keep control while you change something like that. Yeah. So we're stuck in the middle of going. All right, here's a new Mubarak. Yes, he's got torture prison, you know, pr- prisons in that he's torturing people. Uh, but he's actually doing some good things and trying to keep the bad guys at bay. We don't want to lose him, so what do we do? We're right back to where we always are. And the Saudi thing is interesting, too. You might know the story better than I do, Jason, but like, it's not just like political opponents and journalists that are opposing them that, that are getting beat up by this. I mean, the new prince basically uh, gave a nice little house arrest to a bunch of the other billionaire princes. Right. I mean, I, like, I, he actually is like, oh, no, they're just held up in the Four Seasons. And they were actually, they just and couldn't leave. happened to Prince Alawid? Where yeah. is he now? I don't even remember. I, he I mean, must have gotten out. Yeah. So Alawid, I know people. Alawid was instrumental in saving our banking system in 2008. Instrumental. I don't think I've ever said that on the air. Um, and uh, for as bad as he is, we went hat in hand to Alawid, uh, and uh, the conversation was very bizarre because he's a very bizarre guy. But we have relied on him before. Now, where is he? He supposedly lost a, gi- a giant chunk of his fortune to the, to the kingdom. Um, you know, he, I mean, he's still he, pretty rich, I think. But. I believe he. And you, Stu, could back this up or, or, or challenge me on it. But I think he helped pull some strings at Fox. He was an investor He's a big at Fox. big investor at Fox, yeah. And he, he... He's not anymore, I don't believe, but he was. Yeah, he, he played a role in, in the pressure that I had to back away from uh, Israel. So, so weird about just the politics, geopolitics of the Middle East. Like, who can be your ally? A mafia state that, that slaughters a journalist on foreign soil... Um, just because they have a different opinion than you, basically. Uh, you have Iran. I mean, come on. They're, they're basically ISIS, but in a nation state. They reside in a nation state. Um, you've got Turkey. That's, again, another thug, mafia-type state. Turkey's trouble. I mean, who, who, who do you... Be- really, Israel. Israel is the only country there. Israel. That's it. All right, back in a minute. What's the thing 
Glenn Beck is coming live to talk about the right path forward and to make fun of the people standing in the way. He might not be able to save the country, but at least we can all go down laughing. Glenn Beck Live, the Addicted to Outrage Tour, on tour this fall. I got more, a lot more to get into, but want to thank our sponsor, iTarget Pro. Mm. Uh, I apparently, I think that I might have one that's on the way, and I'm super excited nice. to try it out. Yes, for my, I have a little 380 uh, at home, just for you know, petite little, petite little me for home protection. And you know how many 380s you have to put into somebody to stop them? I like do them. have critically it's, wounding ammo in okay. it. It's not, it's not like the movies where people fall back. Oh! <laughs> I mean, I hope I never have to find out. Yeah. But uh, it does have a really, really long pull. And I don't get to the range very often. Uh, you know, And so it's like every time that I do take it out, I'm like, God, it takes way longer than I think it's going to. What kind to. of gun is it? Uh, M- MMP? HP? No. HP? No. MNP? Have you ever heard of MNP? Yeah, mom and pop gun. I'll bring no, it. I'll bring it in. <laughs> okay. I'll bring it in. Right. It's a no, I think it's a Smith MNP. It's a Smith and Wesson. Yeah. MNP. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right, anyway. Um, so this is the best thing for you, and you should and I'm, I'm we're sitting here with the expert on this. You really should not carry a gun unless you are so comfortable with it because it most likely will be turned against you. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to be so comfortable. You have to have, you just, it has to be part of you. And the only way to do that is go to the range all the time or just have it. And when you're watching TV or you're sitting there, just squeeze that trigger, squeeze that trigger, squeeze that trigger for trigger control. Yeah, I, I can't stress dry fire enough, especially with guns like yours with a really long pull, is that if you're, while, you're, while you're doing that, you're going to pull it. And even, even if you're just doing it without any, any kind of assistance like our Target Pro, you're going to be, you're not going to know if you're pulling it. Well, the cool thing about our Target Pro is that it's got that little round. You can stick it in like a regular round. It's got like a little laser pointer thing on there. So every time you uh, squeeze that trigger, it is pointing and, and shooting that laser right at the target. But it's not a laser pointer. It's not like you put a laser thing. You can't right. see right. the laser. Right. It's just picking it up and and putting it on a on a is, on is, a paper, if you will, target on your phone, so you know exactly if you've hit the target. Is it sort of like a Top Golf for guns? <laughs> yeah, that's right? a very, that's that's very wow, good. Wow, that's a really good analogy, actually. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so you can save 10% right now with promo code NEWS. Just go to itargetpro.com and use promo code NEWS. I can't wait for mine. Uh, Stu. Yes, we had a bit of a cultural flashpoint last year, uh, if you remember, with the National Football League, uh, uh, where there was a kneeling controversy. I don't um, think I heard Yeah, that. no, people talked about it uh, only all the time. Apparently <laughs> 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 the most important thing in the world, that a couple people here and there were kneeling on football fields. And it turned into the thing where you remember Mike Pence flying in and leaving during the, the National Anthem and you know Trump tweeting about it and Kaepernick yelling about it. And everybody's yelling on both sides. And this, the, it, it was an interesting moment because everyone got very fired up about it. There was a lot of stories about how this was going to affect things politically, how it was going to affect the NFL. The NFL was getting all beaten up about it. Um, you know, so uh, it was interesting because you have those flashpoints, and it's kind of faded away, right? Like there's pretty much nobody kneeling anymore in the NFL. Trump's not really tweeting about it anymore. Well, what actually happened? Now we can go look back at all the numbers and see really what happened with the NFL ratings. And it's fascinating, I think, at least. Um, Got a couple charts here for you. USA Today did a great breakdown of this. And what you see here are the, uh, uh, this is broken down not on overall ratings, which uh, were down a little bit, um, but were ratings by city. And what you might notice here, first of all, the red, uh, the red ones are the, uh, uh, they're broken down uh, Clinton and Trump 
are red and blue. And you see like this a blue are up at the top and the reds are down kind of at the bottom, which might make you believe that it kind of did have an effect. However, uh, what you wind up finding out as you go through this is really what happened was it was a matter of whether the teams were good. If you look at the NFL last year, the New York Giants were terrible. The New York Jets were terrible. The Chicago Bears were terrible. The San Francisco 49ers were terrible. All the biggest markets had ter- Houston was not very good either. If you look at uh, increasing and decreased ratings, well, in the playoffs, all the ratings went up. Teams that were actually good. Teams that weren't good was about uh, split. And in, only in places where there were no teams at all did you see any actual drop-off. Um, and then finally, uh, there's... Which is- Red state territory. Possibly, though, look at this. This is the, uh, these are the ratings of how this went. This is in the middle of when Pence is walking out. It's when Trump's calls for the firing of the players. What you see in the chart here, and, um, and of course, if you are uh, listening on podcasts, I'll try to explain it as best I can. Um, the, there's a, a light blue line that shows the 2016 ratings. Um, and you see the 2016 ratings, this is before the controversy, falling at almost an identical rate as the others. You also will see wow. that strong Trump regions performed better. The NFL ratings were better in Trump regions than they were in strong Clinton and toss-up regions wow. throughout the first six weeks. What it seems to show is that basically... It was a lot more about how the NFL played out last year as a sport than it was about kneeling. Kneeling got a lot of people, a lot of material, so, but it didn't seem to do much of anything to the ratings. Can you tell me, does this, is this reflected at all with ESPN? Uh, ESPN has had ratings um, attrition. I think there is a legitimate argument to be made that uh, ESPN has gone at least overboard. In the past, it's gone really far. I mean, like, you know, like Jamel Hill was kind of the more, more, most famous person. She's now at the Atlantic writing God only knows what. She was writing about her first piece that actually came out uh, today. And it was about how um, what white men don't understand when they're backing Kavanaugh. And it was like, uh, what's the opposite of white splaining and mansplaining? Because I think what she's doing is explaining to us what we're supposed to feel. Isn't that what you're not supposed to do anymore? Um, but yeah, I mean, like, you know, so there was a big, I think it's, it's fallen out. You know, Clay Travis has, uh, has a new book. He's a Fox uh, sports guy, and he has a new book out about, I think it's called, like, uh, Republicans Buy Sneakers too. Um, and it's about how, like, the left has ruined sports for a lot of people. And I think that is real. There's definitely a contingency. Uh, you know, of people who just like, I don't want to deal with it anymore. You're, you're not letting me have fun in this world anymore. And that's why I go there. Um, but I mean, in reality, I think there's a, there's a, uh, especially I think with ESPN is so much more commentary. The sport is still the sport and it's still, you know, Americans still love their sports. They'll still go watch. There is a slight drop off, I think, every year from everything. You know, one of the first indications that there wasn't this story wasn't as big as everyone was saying it was is there was a drop off in the ratings uh, from 2016 to 2017, but it was a smaller drop than the ratings dropped for the networks. Then just the networks as a whole mm-hmm. dropped more than the NFL did. Um, you know, and that I think indicates like it's it's there is a an attrition overall because people are going to other sources. There's a lot more choices now. We are in the golden age of television. We are right now. There's so many freaking good shows out there right so, now. So uh, a couple things. Um, uh, most people don't know this, but up until Walt Disney died, Walt Disney was despised by the left. They hated Walt Disney. Hollywood hated him. Mm. Because they said he was, he was, it was all trite, it was, you know, um, jingoistic, it was fantasy. They hated everything that he did. He never, ever became political, ever. He never let any of his, he was American, 
but he was never political. And look at that brand. Up until they started getting political and having an agenda, it was always pure. And it was a place, he built that berm around Disneyland, and then he bought all that land from Disney World. When you go to Disney World, you are off the main highway and on Disney property for miles before you hit the kingdom. And that's a parking lot. Then you go on and you have to go miles again. He did it for a reason. Separate from the world. Let me just be in peace and have fun. Yeah. He must be rolling in his grave. He is. We'll be back. Hey, it's Sarah Gonzalez. And if you like what you're hearing on this program, you should check out the Glenn Beck program. The podcast is available wherever you download your favorite podcasts. Uh, want to make sure to remind everyone, we have got a brand new lineup starting Monday. Yes. We're yes. really excited about Very it. Cool. So Pat Gray Unleashed is going to be from 7 to 9 Eastern. Then, of course, Glenn Beck Radio. And then Steve Dace. Steve Dace. Very cool. From really, you should listen Eastern. to the, if you don't know who he is, listen to the last hour of my radio broadcast today um, on demand. He is, he's really wicked smart. Has very different perspective. Uh, and I think you'll learn a lot. Yeah. It's great. Uh, so make sure not to miss that next week and check us out in overtime. We're going to be talking, I'd like to talk about Kanye. Yeah. And oh, by the way, Monday, God, no. I also have, Monday, I also have another big announcement to make. Ooh. Up next, enjoy bonus overtime content from the news and why it matters. Available exclusively for podcast listeners and Blaze Premium subscribers. Become a premium subscriber at theblaze.com slash subscribe. We uh, talked, I guess it was yesterday, about uh, Kanye visiting the White House and mm. the way that he was treated. Can't and get enough. It's just, uh, well, I'm sorry, okay? <laughs> but I think that we, it, it's worth discussing how he's being treated in the media. Uh, got a short clip from CNN, I believe it was last night. Let's watch. All jokes aside, I thought that was really sad. Um, <laughs> I think you had there a man who's clearly not okay and a president who's willing to See, exploit what? that. I think, I think and that is a completely worse, fine analysis of the situation. to exploit that under the auspices of race relations Ooh, I didn't and hear that word, but yeah, um, black communities, joblessness, mental health, all the things that ended up in this bucket of issues that were sort of addressed in this free-for-all. Um, I don't know that any of them were very well served by this circus. Mm. So you agree with her? Totally fine with that analysis. Look, Kanye West was insane before he started liking Trump. The whole world agreed on this, except for hardcore leftists, because they liked him because he said George Bush didn't care about black people. Now that he likes Trump, everyone on our side is making him out to be this genius, and everyone on the other side says he's mentally insane. He's been mentally insane the whole time. Just because he likes your guy doesn't make him any less insane. I don't think he... Here's here's my take on uh, Kanye West. He says a lot of stuff that are ju- it's just mm-hmm. nuts, okay? It's just nuts. Mm-hmm. But that's what you get for growing up and being in a world where everyone says, you're a genius. You'll say whatever's on the top of your mind, okay? And some of the stuff, I mean, if any of us said everything we were thinking at all times, we would all look nuts at some point or another, okay? Um, so he, he goes out and he says this. He's always been praised. Yes, he's crazy on a few things, okay? 
But what he, what they are using to say, look, he's so mentally unstable, he's on rock-solid constitutional principles. He may not, listen to me, he may not see <laughs> this it this way. bonkers. You don't think, no, no, but, no, but didn't is, you hear what he said? He was talking about uh, gun violence in right, Chicago, like, and he said it's from illegal guns, him on not legal guns. No, 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 wait, wait, wait. wait. But, but what, what he he's say? saying is true. And I'm not even going right? down to the specific issues. I'm going to, what he's saying is, um, the thing that got him in trouble is, wait, just because I'm black, I can't have this point of view? And I don't know how much of his support is is just he and Donald Trump are both performers. Yeah. Okay, they're both excuse this, but they're both media whores. They know how to work it, and they know how to get their face in front of people. And so the two of them are just tag teaming each other like crazy. And they both know this is good for our brand. Yeah, they're both the only thing I would agree with disagree with SE on. They're both exploiting each other. They're yes, both they both, and they both know yep. that they're exploiting each other, okay? Mm -hmm. So, but what he's saying is, I have a right to wear the hat. I have a right to have this opinion. And it's not the craziest things that he said that make him crazy to these people. It's the fact that he's willing to wear the hat as a black man. When he was saying that AIDS were caused by the government to kill black people, the left loved him. They loved him. They loved him. They right? loved him. But he was crazy then. And he's crazy now. You're right. He says some things that are that are absolutely true, um, but uh, that you know that's that's no that's not high hurdle to clear. We're, we're human beings with brains. We're supposed to be able to occasionally fall on some ground that makes some sense. I think it, I do like the bravery of him. I guess if I have to give him anything, I like the fact that he's willing to stand up. And it's so rare that anyone pushes back against this. Like me, you know, when someone's in I, public I, public eye, I admire so him for that. Yeah, I think it's I think it's brave, you know. I mean, and look, I, I mean, know, he's risking his brand like, by doing it. Yeah, and I like that, right? I mean, I, there's something about that that I can see to be charming. It's just like I, the, the idea that I'm supposed to stop my life to care about what oh. Kanye West is doing is I, I'd rather just not have the life. I'd rather just go in a coffin and be underground where Kanye can't get to me. So what? <laughs> so what about then? Uh, let's say Kim Kardashian, his wife. When, I mean, she's trying to do some real work with prison reform. Yeah, and I think that like, nature. Do, I mean, is that I don't think they're even comparable. same umbrella like, for you? Okay. No, yeah, I don't even think they're comparable. Kanye, uh, Kim Kardashian has, has taken this issue seriously, um, and she is, a, I think, a you know a relatively serious person in comparison to Kanye West. Uh, but I mean, again, like whatever. I mean, she she came out and she's done those things. I just don't like. I don't know why I would care about any of these things. Right? Like, if you care about prison reform, you should care about prison reform because prison reform is the right issue, not because Kim Kardashian cares about so, it. No, I agree, but it's just bigger picture. I feel like if we have their celebrities, and maybe we shouldn't care what they have to say, but if they are drawing attention to larger issues that need to be fixed in society, I feel like I'm okay with them doing that. Yeah, I, I mean, he had a conversation with him about stop really and frisk. I don't, I don't care. I, I don't want to say I care about Kanye West and I don't care about uh, Taylor Swift. I don't care yeah, about don't any care of them. Shut it. up. You're not. If well, if they're really, really, I'm talking about really working on issues, though, not just saying who to vote for. Right, and I care about the issue. I mean, Taylor Swift listed off a bunch of nonsensical points of issues that she thought were important mm -hmm. in her little rant. I mean, you know, I, I, she was wrong on most of them. I don't like. She I didn't go meet with the president to discuss solutions. Yeah, but she though. would have if it was Barack Obama. She absolutely, could have. and Barack Obama they met did. with celebrities every three days. Yeah. And what did we do? We criticized yeah. Barack Obama for using celebrities. Like, I just feel like, I, look, celebrities are actual people, and they get to say whatever the hell they want. And right. because they're famous, they get to go to the White House. Look, that's a that's a great honor. I mean, I, I don't, I don't. I don't, I don't want the guy who's at the end of the bar who says, 
once in a while, some really smart things that are like, you know what, Bill? What, what is that? <laughs> You're making a lot of sense. I am. And then he goes on a crazy rant. I don't want that guy going to talk to the president because occasionally he says great things. I don't even, like, I, uh, there's a separation here. really grumpy today. No, I just, this <laughs> Kanye thing, I honestly thought, like, I honestly started looking up last night, how do I mute the word Kanye from my feed? I just don't care. I don't want to hear about it at all. I'm just, it's like, it's not important to me. But I think, so, like, there's two separate things here, and I think maybe this is the distinction we're, we're kind of going back and forth over, which is, like, I fully, like, understand and, 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 like, you know, can appreciate Kanye West having this opportunity to go talk to the president of the United States. It's a, it's a crazy world where that's possible. Is and, it and the I, cameras I can, and the media yeah. that bothered you? I think I understand where he is. Where I, like, I am is, like, the media tells, is focusing on all this. There's much more important things going on. This means literally nothing to us. Like, this, these issues might be important they're talking about. And I just don't, like, the constant obsession with celebrity is why we have you know, now celebrity presidents, right? Like Barack Obama maybe was the first one. I mean, you know, Reagan was obviously a celebrity, but I mean, like this era, it's like Barack Obama was treated like he was a celebrity. He was worshipped. They put halos over his head. And then we got a real celebrity as the next president. I don't think it's a healthy way to go. And it's like this media and, and the way we talk about these issues are based on things like what does Kanye think about it? And that is not a healthy impulse for a society. So let me give you a little bit of history. Who knows... Which president really kicked all this off? Calvin Coolidge. Unbelievable. How do you know that? <laughs> he was in the I work here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was Calvin Coolidge. Calvin Coolidge, one of the greatest presidents of the 20th century, um, came, you know, one president removed from Woodrow Wilson. Um, uh, Edward Bernays, who was the father of modern advertising. At the time, it wasn't called advertising what he did. It was called propaganda. Uh, father of propaganda, when that got a bad name because of the Nazis, he changed it to father of advertising. <laughs> but um, he saw, uh, Coolidge saw the power of Bernays with Wilson and what he was doing. And he was known as Silent Cal, had zero personality. And Bernays came to him and said, it, you need to, you know, have some fun. And Cal was like, all right. And so <laughs> they invited celebrities movie stars at the time and other celebrities to dine with him at the White House and then they would have journalists come in and they would write it. Mm. Didn't work out so well because Coolidge wouldn't say anything. He would just sit there because he, <laughs> he didn't say anything to anybody. And so it was really, it was just, it made it more awkward. But he's the first president to really use this system um, and it was Again, all for ratings. I mean, and the right doesn't have a whole lot of... I mean, it's... it's. I don't know. I, I guess the, uh, Hollywood's always been weaponized by the left. But, I mean... We the, would do it, too. If the Hollywood was on and, our side, we would yes. absolutely be weaponizing it. Yeah, I mean, we're really the only side that has had presidents, people get, actually get to the Oval Office, who were celebrities, mm -hmm. major celebrities. Yeah, that is, that is actually I mean, crazy, Reagan, considering how much the left utilizes celebrities. We're the only ones that have successfully put them into the White House. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of weird. That's uh, weird. That is weird. Stu, <laughs> Steve Carell. Yeah, uh, off this Hollywood thing. But here's the reverse of, of, of the Kanye thing, like, for me. It's just like, you know, I, it's not that... I, 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 I've, I feel, I feel like Steve Carell's a really thoughtful guy um, and a guy who is, you know, kind of well-known as having a good head on his shoulders and being very base for, for, a, for a celebrity, being very down-to-earth. Um, and I thought, like, his, he had some comments. He did a long profile piece. Uh, I, can't, I can't remember where it was now that off the top of my head. Um, but it was a long profile piece for he's got three movies coming out, all, like, sort of artsy type of things. And, mm -hmm. um, and that's kind of the direction he's gone. And 
you know, The Office is one of the one of the greatest shows of all time, in my opinion. Um, and they have talked over the years of, you know, do we bring it back? Do we do a special? Do we do a movie? Is there a spinoff? And then, like that talk has been going on for a long time. And he he addressed something I thought was interesting in this uh, sort of period that we're in right now. He said uh, it might be impossible to do that show today and have people accept it the way it was accepted 10 years ago. The climate is different. I mean, the whole idea of that character, Michael Scott, so much of it was predicated on inappropriate behavior. I mean, he's clearly not a model boss. A lot of what is depicted on that show is completely wrong-minded. That's the point, you know? But I just don't know how that would fly now. There's a very high awareness of offensive things today, which is good for sure. But at the same time, when you take a character like that too literally, it doesn't really work. And, you know, Glenn, we kind of took this in different ways when we initially read it. I took that as Carell's uh, very light-handed criticism over, like, where we've gone. Like, we can't take jokes anymore and we can't accept... I mean, the point of that was not to say that it's great to be sexist, which Steve Carell was very often uh, on that show. It was that it was wrong to be sexist. And, and, and it was, you know, it's ridiculous. Look how ridiculous. Let's mock the person who, who acts that way. Um, and the fact that we can't even, even if they agree with the message, we can no longer even make the jokes to make those points. I mean, I think, you know, it's always sunny in Philadelphia is dealing with some of that right now. A lot of these shows are where you, it used to be a way to diffuse, I, to diffuse it and, and make it, more obvious to people how dumb it was to act that way. Uh, and now he's saying he doesn't even think that show basically could get made. Uh, and I think he's it, it right. could get It could get made, but it would have too uh, heavy of virtue signaling in it. Yeah. It would have to have a right and wrong message in it. Yeah. So how did you take that, Glenn? I took it, I want to take it the way Stu takes it, but I, I am a little cynical here, um, and I, I took it as at best, a weak attempt to say, maybe we shouldn't do this. Um, I, I took it much more as, hey, you know, it's all good. It's all good. We're not doing those things anymore. And that's all good. Don't get me wrong. That's all good. All right, all right. No, no, it's not, Steve. You know it's not. That Those shows should be made. And I contend a really well-written, well-produced, well-acted comedy show that even goes further than that and is just totally politically incorrect, would be a monster. It would be an absolute, in ratings, a monster. Mm-hmm. Political correctness is destroying our culture. We used it to be is. a fun country. Yeah. You know I mean? Funny country. Like, you, you, see what, you see what Oliver Darcy did? just going to say um, that. Okay. So Oliver Darcy, a guy who, who worked here, he worked here for years, and I, I respect Oliver Darcy, and I stood up for Oliver Darcy against, you know, pig man uh, Alex Jones. <laughs> um, you know, I like and respect him. I really do. He, he is, we just hired somebody new at The Blaze who is uh, doing our Twitter feed. She's very funny. She's very funny. Um, as you all know, do I ever, you pick the content of the show, right? Yes. You pick your content, correct? Mm-hmm. You pick the content. I don't, care. I don't care. I hire smart people and I leave them alone. Well, I mean, you're too busy to be micromanaging everything right, that goes right. on here. And, and um, Oliver was an editor here. He knows. And, he, and I fought for him several times and said, back off to everybody else. He, that's his opinion. He writes it. Back off. So he knows better. Um, and he's, he tweeted something today. Since when did Glenn Beck's The Blaze go all MAGA? Okay, well, first of all, we're not. We just also hired Steve Dace uh, this week, who is not, you know, yeah. make America great again. Um, 
we hire a variety of voices. And in particular, we hired somebody who has a sense of humor. All of the tweets that he put out were all jokes. They were memes. And they were all jokes. Come on, guys. Can we relax just a little bit? Can't we laugh? Apparently Apparently not. not. Apparently not. I think that goes into the poll uh, about... New study reveals how popular or unpopular PC culture is. This blew my mind. So The Atlantic wrote about it on Wednesday. Say that again. Who wrote it? uh, The Atlantic wrote about it. The Atlantic. Yeah. So The Atlantic wrote about it, uh, and I, w- I was reading through this, and then I like I, 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 they were kind of aggregating and just kind of going off. But then I read the actual like study, and I just could not believe. So if you think about political correctness nowadays, like we just said, it's destroying our culture. It's changed how we talk. It's changed the types of shows that we watch. It's changed everything. Well, their study showed that um, a vast majority of the country, vast majority, does not agree with political correctness. In fact, minorities uh, uh, disagree with it the most. Th- that's what's, and that is very eye-opening. Like because, 80% range. And that's why uh, people that agree with polit- uh, PC, they say they're, that it's to protect minorities, pretty mm-hmm. much. But the minorities don't agree with it. They're saying this is actually they a clear mean. and present danger to yeah. our country. The other thing that was fascinating in that in that article, and I was waiting for the other shoe to drop all the way through it. I'm like, okay, okay, okay. It never dropped. Only eight percent identify themselves as that progressive warrior that is all for um, uh, social, justice. social justice and everything else. Eight percent. Now they did say. So it's the extremes on the end, because the other end, conservatives, those are diehard conservatives, they're like, what was it, 29%. Well, one of these numbers is bigger than the other. <laughs> However, it's everyone else. It's everyone else. Even conservatives are saying, I'm sick to death of this. Then everyone up to 92%. It's the 8%, which I believe a lot of them are in media. Yes. Maybe almost... Between the colleges and the media, that may be the entire 8%. But that it's only 8%, and they're steering us. What the hell is wrong with us? Another, yeah, such a minority. I, cannot be, I don't know how they've pulled this off, but such a small amount of people have read been able book. to pull this off. Read my book. Oh, I've read it. I, that was a rhetorical question. Um, but this, I, this, it's not a surprise at all that 97% of conservatives are like, yes, political, correct, political correctness is, 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 is awful. But I also thought it was crazy that 61% of Democrats agree with us on that. Mm-hmm. 61%. So the majority disagree with political correctness. But that's not what you would think if you're just listening to the noise. That's why we had an interesting conversation with Dace today. Because he, he really explained Donald Trump really well. He's like, Donald Trump's not the problem. He's also not the savior. He's a reflection of us. And he is smart enough to go, what is the zeitgeist? What is the majority of people, what are they saying? And they're saying they're sick of political correctness, so he just put that robe on. You know what I mean? Also, in talking uh, with Pat and Stu and Steve this morning, it's why we have to start maybe using the language and say the left instead of, uh, instead of the Democrats uh, and identifying... Democrats differently than the left. If you are saying the left is going too far, even Democrats can agree with that. Mm. 
But if you say the Democrats are going too far, the Democrat that disagrees with these go, wait a minute, wait a minute. Yeah, get defensive. I think it's important to know where some of these terms and words come from. So political correctness really kind of really took took stride like in the progress when progressives were getting all crazy cultural Marxists around like the 60s, 70s in that era, the new left, the mm-hmm. birth of that's when real PC really came out. But does okay, so you, you'll get to get me back. Does anyone know where the actual term political correctness came from? It's contested. But it is uh, claimed to be coming from China and Russia, but I believe Russia. Soviet Union. So 1920s. Oh, well, look at you guys with all your history and knowledge and stuff. (laughs) So uh, from what I've looked into it, the late 1920s. So it was basically, it was a term that the that the Communist Party used to say, like, if any of their uh, any of the people that even lived in the country or people that are actually in the Politburo or in the government, if they ever expressed views that were outside the party line. So let's say they were reading a book about Adam Smith. Or let's say they were like, wait a minute, if we, you know, privatize the steel industry instead of just having that, maybe it'll do better. Maybe there'll be competition. Well, all of a sudden that became politically incorrect. Now, sure, the facts might, you know, tend to go towards your theory. So that maybe it doesn't. Factually correct, but still politically Politically incorrect. Exactly. And you were taken and you were, you know, you were put in a camp or you were killed until you became politically uh, correct. And when you really look at it that way, it's terrifying. It's a terrifying theory. So look at that. You got a show and also two history lessons. All in one. You're welcome. Uh, Today's poll, are you watching the NFL this year? Despite the kneeling controversy, let us know at The Blaze's Twitter. And And tell the truth. Yes. Well, so hit the poll, yes or no, but also tell us in the comments what your answer was and who your team is. That would be an interesting uh, theory, or just to check, yeah, Mm -hmm. to test the theory and see if the numbers match up. Uh, Don't forget the new lineup again. It is Pat Gray from seven to nine Eastern, Glenn Beck Radio, of course, normal time, and then the uh, Steve Dace Steve Dace show from twelve to two Eastern. It's going to be awesome. We can't wait. And on Monday on radio, another announcement you're going to like. Another not. He hasn't even told us what it was. I asked him over the break and he was like, I'm not telling. He's going to retroactively re-announce Steve Dace and Pat Gray. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. There it goes. See you guys Monday. (laughs) Go Cowboys. Uh, (laughs) What was the score of that game last night? Anyone see it? I know the Eagles. Like what you're hearing? Become a Blaze Premium subscriber and watch the show anytime, anywhere, live or on demand. Go to theblaze.com slash subscribe and start watching today.